Well, folks, Christmas has come early this year. I'm Charlie. And I'm Corey. And uh, this is our um, second crossover episode. This is uh, Turntables and Tea, if you're one of our regular listeners, and the Turn Back Time podcast, if, um, which uh, we haven't done an episode of that in a while, at least I haven't, because uh, it's been a while since there's been anything. But lo and behold, Cher has a new album out. It's a Christmas album. A couple of you already asked, when's the podcast? I said, it's coming, don't you worry. And uh, glad we're doing it, because I've got a lot to say. I'm really excited to be discussing a brand new Cher album in 2023. First ever Christmas album. This is exciting. As a betting man, I would have never bet that we got a Cher album, a Cher Christmas album in 2023. Yeah, not. I was was surprised when you said it. Yeah, it was um very interesting because uh so for those who don't know, um in the past Cher was very active on Twitter. It's not called that anymore, but that was often where she would update the fans on when she was in the studio recording stuff. And it didn't always come to light every time. We didn't always hear this stuff, but she would always say what she was doing. And um but since she hasn't been as active, we really didn't have any updates as to if anything new was coming. I'm sure many of you can attest to that if you're listening. But the first I, off the top of my head, can recall hearing about any possible new material was earlier this year, Cher appeared at um, the TV special for Carol Burnett's 90th birthday. She appeared on it. And they interviewed her on the red carpet, and she mentioned, yeah, there will be... A new. I'm working on like two albums right now, and uh, it's something I've never done before. Oh, so she's got an album album coming out this year too? Uh, or, possibly. I mean, we'll we'll see. <laughs> I'll uh, jump the gun, but um. So yeah, we were kind of just, you know, hearing a. She it was just mentioned she's working on material, uh, but what it was. I had no idea, no hints. I don't think anybody really did. But other than it's something I've never done before, which definitely was like, well, what haven't you done? (laughs) I mean. True. Yes, but um, last month, officially, this was announced. The album artwork was announced. It was a share Christmas album. And she asks, do you want to share Christmas with me? And of course, the answer is yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, and uh, this is the first time we have multiple covers for a share album. That's wild to me, too. <laughs> first time ever. Yes. Because we we started talking about this off the air and we were talking about all the different ones. But I didn't realize that was her first time ever. Well- Okay. I, no, I I stand corrected. There were two for closer to the truth, but they weren't as different as these. These are completely different designs. So we've got um the standard cover, which is her in white blouse, blue jeans with some 
ornaments and we have her name in silver. Target has her name in like four different colors. The copy they sent me of the CD has her name in red, which I liked. Um, and then we have the Amazon exclusive cover, which I call the Snow Queen cover. She's uh, standing on an iceberg in a silver gown and matching hair. That's I like that one better than the standard cover. I didn't love the standard cover when I first saw it. I thought, oh, this looks like not the best Photoshop job, but it's grown on me. It looks terrible. You love Cher. I'm being real on this. I, I hate what they did to her on that cover. I, I shouldn't say terrible. I hate using such strong words, but well, like they you... could have done a way better job on, on that. The way her face looks on that, and she is a, a one of the most beautiful ladies, the way her face looks on like the way her face looks like on that is like somebody didn't finish doing like the Photoshop edit period. Yeah, it, it, I, not a big fan of that. Yeah, I have to agree a bit, unfortunately. Because uh, I and there's also a web store cover, which is actually the single cover for the lead song, which um I prefer that cover too to the standard one. That's the one people are getting as Christmas gifts. They're getting the kicking the water, not the standard cover. Yeah, it's a cool shot and it's not made up. You can tell she did it in and if she if it's not a real shot, then that is great Photoshop work. But it's a neat shot. You get the the water in the foreground with still her focused. It's a cool one. I like that. But I mean <laughs> I guess they're taking a page from other people with all these different covers of their albums. That's a thing now. That's how you get people to buy them and collect. I mean, it's smart. It's a smart thing to do. I gotta give it that. Oh, yeah. Is Do you know if any one is more rare than the others as far as like, let's say the colors of the name? Are they like, we only printed blah, blah, blah. Not that I know of. I haven't right. heard any of that. Um, I mean, I'm guessing the one that will be gone first is the official web store design. I feel like that will become the hardest to find. It makes sense. But um, I, I have a version of each cover on CD. Unfortunately, the standard the vinyls are only using the standard cover, which is disappointing to me. Yeah. I mean, even you, you Amazon have... is only using the standard cover. I really wish that were not the case. You could have a sick, giant, matted frame of all those and just bring it out only for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to put it like a, one of the CDs at the top of my Christmas tree. In place of the angel. (laughs) That's not a maybe. You have to do that now. You're committed to that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I probably, yeah, I said it. I'm afraid I am. I promise I'll share it with all of you and take a picture, post it for everybody. But um, yeah, this is all very uh, exciting stuff. We got the lead single, DJ Play a Christmas Song, two weeks before the album dropped. Uh, there were some teasers of it before, but we didn't know exactly what it was yet. So, um, I d- of course, I listened to it. I did not wait to listen to the whole album to listen to the song. And of course, it's already one of my most played songs of the year on Apple Music. What else do you expect from me? <laughs> new share. You got to yeah. eat it up. Yeah, it, it's a new song. That is, um, that's what's important. It's, uh, yeah, so now that the album has come forth i had to say i was wondering well how many new songs are gonna be on it and um she said in the press for this is not your mother's christmas album there's no silent night oh okay okay but it, well if, if we're talking about overdone songs yes there are some here 
It's uh, my mother's Christmas album. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's our mother's Christmas album. You're sitting here for no, like, it's not my mother's. <laughs> no, well, I'm just saying generational wise you're sitting right here from like yeah. the late 50s on as far as big hits on this one. Oh no at, at this point yes this is not i mean this is very much a rock and roll christmas album but these um the songs covered a lot of them are not new songs they're, they're standards in their own right at this point um though i do find it interesting there are no songs referencing jesus on here <laughs> you're right I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but I see I'm a little I'm sad she didn't do Oh Ho- Oh Holy Night because she did that on TV back in the day on the Sonny and Cher show, but never recorded it. I think that would have been a great Easter egg for fans. That, that should have been her hidden track right there. Yeah. And for some reason, Paul Schaefer did an impression of her singing it for years on Late Night with David Letterman in the 80s. <laughs> I I didn't quite get it, but um, did he put a wig on at least? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> he just was making fun of her voice, obviously. Oh, good old Paul Schaefer. <laughs> but uh, that's what they—that's what comedians do. Everything's fair game. So <laughs> um, yeah. But I think the thing that intrigued—I know me for sure—the most about this was the fact that this album has five duets, five guests on it, and um. That is not the norm on the Cher album. Most of her duets are appearances elsewhere. Um, So there's only like two duet songs on her albums I can think of. And it makes sense because Cher is not much of a harmony singer because she obliterates, would obliterate most duet partners. It's just that's her style of singing. Um, That's just how it is. And uh, yeah, that really... (laughs) Some interesting names on here, too. We're not just talking about throwaway names. Oh, no, no. Uh, if you don't already know them, we will tell you about them when we go track by track. Yep. Uh, she said it was a last-minute decision to include guest stardust. I'm, I'm glad you said you touched on this before we got into it. Do you believe it? Or do you, like, can you see it? I mean, it does sound like the album was recorded pretty quickly. Uh, I'll be there, but... Is it the fact that she only had those four Christmas songs, the originals, and she was like, I don't have an album and I want to do an album, do you think? Oh, I don't know about that. I really, um, I, I haven't I- thought of it that way. Uh, I mean, what I will say is a couple of these people I'm not surprised to see on the Cher Christmas album because they're her friends and one's a great admirer of her. Okay. So it wasn't far-fetched for me to see why they were on this album um they definitely make sense you're right they make sense the the most obscure one the connection becomes clear once we see the producer on the song the most um random name on here the most but the other ones just they don't seem that i don't think they were hard people for her to get so i can imagine them saying yes share last minute i will arrange my schedule for you I mean, I guess I can see that. It just, it was funny to me when I read her saying that it was a last minute thought because I really, without going too far into it, it's the meat and potatoes of this album pretty much. So it's like, how how is the meat and potatoes of this album a last minute thought? Unless she was running all these songs alone and she said, all right, let me bring people in on them. But I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm very interested in this fact. So I'm going to, I'm going to pin this as we go through, um, 
I'm very interested. I'm very intrigued on how, what, when, where, and why it went down if it was rushed. Well, yeah, I don't know how long they were. I mean, it looks like the album was all recorded this year is the impression I'm under. That makes sense. Which, yes, it does make sense. And I'm glad that, um, I mean, I'm glad we did it. Like, I'm certainly very happy to have new material. Um, But so uh, once again, we do have Mark Taylor, Believe producer, producing most of the album, except for one song. And that's uh, an interesting thing, because um, in case you don't know, Cher's big news story this year has been the fact that she's been seeing a man 40 years younger than her. Oh, really? Spill yes. the tea. I don't know about this. Oh, yeah. Uh, his name is Alexander Edwards. And they dated for six months, then broke up. But now they're back together. And funny enough, he's a producer. And she said that he inspired her to get back into the studio. How old is he? 36 or 37. Good for her. Good for him. Be- Good for them. Yeah. Some people don't like it. They're like, I'm concerned for her. I'm thinking like, really? You're concerned for her? I think she can handle this man. Concerned for what? That the guy's only in it for like the money or something? I don't, I don't know what, but. She's in good health. She's, she's, she knows what she wants. Yeah, she knows <laughs> you know? what she wants. She knows what she's doing. Like. Good for her. Yeah, I say good for her. Do your thing, girl. That's what I say. Well, you know, I didn't know that. And I was. Well, again, without getting too far ahead, there's a lot of love in this in this album too. There's a lot of of talk of love. So I I uh, oh, I think there's more, a lot of so talk of I heartbreak. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> a little bit. All right. On well, some of these songs, absolutely yes. Well, maybe uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just I got a bunch of like. Uh, even younger girl Christmas kind of love, you know, that, that well, she's not the cheesy Christmas that, songs. Uh, what, agreed, what she... agreed. But it was it was more love in here than it was. I don't know. For me, it was. You know me though. I always uh, yep. I always try to reach to well, the love. You know, it's love in here. That's the only thing she wants this year. Oh shit! I hear you already dropping verses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With that being said, I think it's time to talk about all of these songs because I'm just. I feel like I'm just rambling and waiting to get to talk about the songs because I have so much to say about them. I'm, I'm excited. Let's get at them. All right. So um, our first song is DJ Play a Christmas Song. This song has six writers on it. I don't know why it needed six writers, but they're there. Um, And this group of people wrote two of the other original songs. And the But the one writer who's been singled out is a woman named Sarah Hudson, who Cher has said that she has known this girl since the girl was four years old because she's a family friend of this Hudson family. So she said it was exciting for her to um, have Sarah write songs for her. And before this, I think Sarah's probably most well-known for writing songs with um, Katy Perry. Okay. Which is a bit of a different vibe than Cher. But, um, I mean, this is a dance pop song, in case you couldn't tell by the title. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious this is meant for the gay clubs. That's obviously, I feel like, what this was targeted for. But I think that it's the kind of music that she does well. And uh, it reminds me a lot of Living Proof, 
which I like because that's one of my very favorite Cher albums. I, I yeah, I, I like the song a lot. I've listened to it a lot. I do really enjoy it. I think it's very catchy. Um, I mean, it feels like a song I've known for a while already, which is a good thing for a Christmas song, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think it's that bright refrain. The refrain is a, is a bright spot of the song for me because it isn't what I expect as far as melodically. And I like that. I'll go straight Grinch off the front of this, though. I, I, you, I've had this conversation with you. I, I believe I've had this conversation on this podcast and and maybe the Turn Back Time podcast. But I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of that auto tune. And it, now, believe, don't get me wrong. When it's done, and and I've had this conversation, so I'm not trying to beat it into the ground. When it's done, I guess right in my opinion, it it works for a little tiny bit but to open the album on this i immediately was like oh shit does share have the chops you know or are we gonna get a full auto-tune album but like i said by the time i get to the refrain in here i'm like okay i i'm, I'm digging the way this is going um it's it's not as cookie cutter as i thought it was right off the get hot tea take i mean that i really think if she did the intro in like a whisper or like a soft tone rather than that auto tune, it will work the same way because when she hits the clean part, it's powerful. So if you just bring it in a little bit softer, I don't know. It's it's a personal opinion. I'm I'm not big on the auto tune. I wish this album didn't jump off with that because it was an immediate like Ugh, for me, but it it quickly went away. I love how she handles this song melodically. Um, if I'm nitpicking super like uh, composition wise at 240 when we get that key change and it does that crescendo i don't think it hits as club hard as it should but it's it's a good it's a it's an earwig and and in a melodic way and i like that you said that it it feels like a song that you already know i'm 100 percent with you in that way of a really neat melodic earwig there yeah most definitely and uh the reception so far seems to have been um, pretty positive from fans. Uh, it entered the um, Billboard Dance Electronic Digital Song Sales Chart at number three, making this the seventh decade share has been appearing on the Billboard charts. That's awesome. Good yes, for her. Yes, that is awesome. And um, I, I think it's well-deserved, of course. Of course, well, of course, I think it's deserved. What am I saying? But... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Those of you listening, you you know, you know what's up. Um, but uh, we're not going to go uh, electro again immediately. We are going to actually take it back to the 60s, um, her first decade on the charts, incidentally, with our next song, which is What Christmas Means to Me. This song was originally recorded by Stevie Wonder, and it was written by Anna Gay, Marvin's wife, along with Alan Story and George Gordy. And funny enough, we got our first duet with none other than Stevie Wonder himself. Um, now, this uh, is a very young-sounding song, but that makes sense. Stevie Wonder recorded it when he was a teenager, uh, and it's been covered a lot over the years. Um, I, 
even though it's very young, I really enjoy it. I think it's a pretty good um, recreation of that Motown sound, uh, which is, I mean, they were a hit factory for a reason, but it does have that joy. And uh, I've got to say, Stevie Wonder sounds fantastic. Um, He sounds really youthful, even though he's in his 70s, but I think he is sounding very good. And I don't think these are the most natural duet partners but i do enjoy hearing them sing together and this was the duet i was most looking forward to i first thought they do someday at christmas instead of this one but uh i'm really happy with this one and i've already found it getting stuck in my head a lot because it's motown so of course it is yeah that motown's gonna do that i really like and i didn't think i was gonna like it at first, but I like her doing a Stevie song with Stevie. I like the idea behind it. This cover, super loyal to the original. For me, it gets very, very hard to differentiate when who's singing. And this brings me to probably my hottest tea take here. And I searched and, and went in it as much as I could, and I couldn't find a definitive answer. You were saying that he sounds young, and married with that quote where she was like, it was a last minute thought. I have dissected is it, I have dissected this song musically so many times. I'm convinced that this is the old track and they took the Stevie stuff off it. I, I don't think this is a, a recording of Stevie. I really got a feeling that this is the old track. I and I said hottest he take here, but You're, that's not that's conspiracy shit right there. <laughs> well, then I'll be the first to say it, I guess. But I, I've really and I'm not trying to take anything away from the song. I just want to share what I've found inside of this. I got I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I've heard Stevie sing lately, and even more going into this and trying to to find it. I got I got a hard time. Not thinking this they is can the work track. on his voice though in the studio, you know that. I know that, but I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying anything wrong with it, I'm saying cool. I'm saying I don't necessarily, I'm with you on they're not the my first choice for a duet. If you really listen to how much Stevie sings on this or is, is on this, it's a feature, man. It's not really a duet. Um. That being said, though, it's super loyal to the original, and, and it jams. It finds a good spot here on the second uh, song, and it's, in my opinion, it lets us know where we're going to go for the rest of this album as far as these different decades, really, um, of, of Christmas classics. I'm just hoping I'm, you don't I'm get us sued, man, for that. <laughs> we're not getting sued. It's my opinion. I, I tried to prove myself wrong. And yes, it, it it is some a crazy conspiracy. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Because they have to tell you that, I feel like, if they're oh, going to do that. I feel like I, they... I'm not an expert on this, but I really do think that if they're going to do that, they need to tell you that. I didn't mean, oh, do they? Like, oh, do they? I meant, is that a real thing? Because if that's a real thing, then maybe I'm 100% wrong. But I, I tried to find it. I tried. The personnel list for this album is... All, nearly impo impossible to find in my opinion like i really oh, tried I to have... break it down and go through but oh just look at the credits on the streaming service they should have you should have looked at that all like the whole entire every song on has one yes no, I, don't, I 
I didn't I didn't see it, but I don't know, man. I really do have this being the uh it really sounds like the old Stevie track to me. Uh, all right. <laughs> I didn't mean to blow anybody's brain there. It's just a, a hot one, a hot tea take. Yeah, that Orlando. might be the hottest of them all. I, I, I said it. <laughs> oh, man. Quick editing note right here. So as we were recording this podcast, Cher actually did an interview on HSN Live with Nancy O'Dell, where she discussed collaborating with Stevie Wonder. She mentioned reaching out to him directly because she was doing the song by herself and she just couldn't get the certain parts of it. So she was nervous to reach out to him, but she did it. And he liked what she did and added a bit to the song. So it was more of a feature, but it is him recording the new track. Like I thought, I just wanted to put that in there to so you all know that we found some more information later to disprove the conspiracy that you just heard. Now on with the rest of the album. Okay, on to the <laughs> next song, please. <laughs> um, Our next song is not a duet. It's all her. This is Run Run Rudolph, originally written and recorded by Chuck Berry, the original guitar hero. Um, I mean, yeah, this is a, an example. This is a standard at this point. Everybody hears this one every year. Um, I am not surprised to see this song here. I think she wanted to do as many rock and roll Christmas songs as she could. She likes singing that kind of music. I think Cher is very comfortable singing that kind of music. And uh, uh, I think this was a, a good choice for the album. I will say that. Um, And it's pretty faithful to the original again, but... uh. There is one thing that no cover of this song has that helps the original, that helps it, that, well, that helped it become a classic, and that is Chuck Berry's guitar. There's no replication for it. That is really the only drawback I have of this song. Other than that, I've always enjoyed the song. I think it's a fun tune, and I like a good rock and roll Christmas song, and I think Cher sounds good on it. Cher sounds amazing on it. Uh, I love the way she does this, even it being so loyal to the original. I didn't, you know, until you said it, I didn't even think like, man, it's missing a Chuck Berry guitar part because it really was produced well. It, this, how it was done here fits her voice perfectly, in my opinion. And maybe it's another hot tea take, but this is the first time on this album where I was super, super happy immediately with the sound. I love her clear like this. This is really where a lot of my beef comes from on the the heavy auto-tune stuff it, it, for me there's no need this is pure raw official share here and it's on a classic and there's no denying that she knocked it out of the park this is this is a great one yeah i do agree we do get a lot of more natural vocals here which i do appreciate because her voice is so strong naturally I think she does the auto-tune for fun. I think some people do enjoy it. That's why they keep doing it. But she doesn't need it, and this is proof of that. We don't need it on the max setting and overly processed vocals. She sounds great as just the straight-up rock and roll singer. And, um, yeah, that is it. But uh, uh, with that, we've gotten covers of, like, two 50s or 60s Christmas songs, and we're going to follow it with another one, and this is another duet, but this one's got a lot of history with it for Cher. Um, so the song is Christmas, Baby Please Come Home, uh, and this is a duet with Darlene Love, who sang the original version of the song, and it was written by Ellie Greenwich, 
uh, Jeff Barry and Phil Spector. Darlene Love has commented that it took free Jews to write one of the greatest Christmas songs. <laughs> um, and I do agree. This is absolutely one of my very favorite Christmas songs. Um, and I love that it is so, it's a very joyous song to listen to musically, even though it's a song about heartache and missing somebody at the holidays. But I think in a way, that's what Christmas is all about. There's a lot of sadness with Christmas for many people. And uh, we do often miss folks. So I like, but it's against all this joy. So I that's what, a big part of why I love this song so much. Now, hot yeah. tea take, when it comes to the original, I actually prefer the Mariah Carey cover. I was asking. <laughs> I was coming with that question. So I, yeah, not th- going to lie. Still, this still doesn't take the throne for you. I think it's too soon to tell. <laughs> um Good answer. Good we, answer. We've had the album for less than a week. It's too soon to tell um, for this one for me because I'm so used to the Mariah version of it. Um, but I think it's very cool that they're doing the song together again. And these two ladies have so much history because on the original, Cher was one of the backing vocalists. Wow. And uh, Sonny played percussion on the original too. So... It's a song with a lot of history. And of course, as soon as I saw Darlene Loves on the album, I knew, well, this is the one. This is, that's what they'll be doing. Now, you made the comment earlier about on the Stevie Wonder track about it being hard to tell who's singing at times. If that applies to any track, I think it's this one. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to jump on you here. I'm with you only, but only when they are not harmonizing. You said earlier, or we were talking earlier and you were saying, um, you know, she's not the best at harmonizing. I have to disagree inside of this song. There's yeah. enough creativity when they let themselves go, but when they're trying to match the same note is the only time in this duet where I'm like, Ugh, I wish you guys would have picked a part there because when you guys are on the same note, it, it it just strikes me weird. But when they're full on going at it, woof, man, It maybe it is too early to tell, but there's enough in my opinion, there's enough creativity and beautifulness on this cover to make a run at Mariah Carey's. Oh, I do um, agree with that. Uh, and I do think, again, it's a good recreation of that wall of sound, which it is busy. It is overproduced. That's how it was the first time. That's how all of Phil Spector's songs are. Um, that's what they did. But it's faithful to the original. And you have to be with a Christmas standards like this one because it's what the people want to hear. Of course, there's that nostalgia factor inside of it. That crescendo out though, that wall of sound outro, um, I have to say again, they rivaled Mariah. Now I understand she's alone doing her stuff, but they both do their own thing. So it's not like they're trying to form one voice to to do that. It's really, it adds to the wall of soundness of the whole thing for me. I really, I really like the way this is done. I not only was it tough to switch into a Christmas mindset for for the songs, but some of these are super beloved ones. And when you see it on the list, you're like, "All right, let's see how this goes." This one overperformed, in my opinion. I really like the way this one was done. So do I. I'm glad you enjoyed this song. And like I said, I think it's a pretty hard song to ruin. I think it's a classic for a reason, and I can't think of a version of the song that I don't like. 
heard. Oh, how did I almost forget to mention this? Because somebody might yell at me if I don't, but uh, this is not the first time Cher recorded the song. She recorded it in 1999 with Rosie O'Donnell on the Rosie O'Donnell Christmas CD. It is very campy and it has a cheap dance beat. I'm not a fan of that version. I greatly prefer this and I'm glad that Cher went into do a real Christmas baby, please come home. There you go. But if you do want dance, Cher, you'll get it a bit with our next song, our second original, which is... Angels in the Snow. Um, This is another very youthful song. I feel like it's about unleashing your inner child at Christmas time, which I think is also very real, and I'm glad we have a song about it. It's written by the same people who did DJ Play a Christmas Song in addition to a guy named Ferris. He is a singer-songwriter. Um, I actually saw him open for Katy Perry on her Prismatic World Tour almost 10 years ago, so he's done quite a bit of work with her, as has Sarah Hudson. It almost makes me kind of surprised that Katy Perry's not on the album, but um, <laughs> it, it's okay, because, all right, this is the bizarre thing here. So um, hearing this song, you'll recognize another voice immediately. And I right? immediately do, oh, Cindy Lauper. And I'm never mad to hear Cindy Lauper. I love me some Cindy. And her and Cher are great friends. So that's why I say I can believe Cindy getting on there last minute because her and Cher are friends. I yeah yeah why not bill her in the in the so that's what I'm confused about because Cindy has been billed as being on the album for a while, and she's billed as being on a different song, and I found that out when the track listing was revealed, and I'm like wait. But why isn't she credited? And she's just credited as a background vocalist, but no, it's a feature. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know why they didn't credit Cindy Lauper as being featured on this song. But that's actually my only complaint about the song, and it really doesn't have to do with the track itself. I love this track. I think it's really fun and joyous and uh, we get to hear two great singers on it. And I just think it captures a great youthful innocence that Christmas should be all about. And uh, yeah, this one, I've just found myself liking it each time I listen to it even more and more. Oh, man, I'll tell you where I'm at on this one. Oh, no. This is that share Christmas song. This yes! this should have opened the album. This should open the album. I've been back and forth trying to figure out if the reason that DJ was the uh single, I, I can't figure it out. This is your single, in my opinion. Maybe if DJ was down here, it might have faltered a bit because it's behind such a strong Christmas and the song that we get after this. That's the only thing I can come up with for why this isn't your single and your your album opener this is this is awesome man this is a really awesome christmas song and it's original uh i love the production on it i i put with uh, <laughs> exclamations here no auto tune here and it still hits it's it's yeah. a dance jammer and you don't need that auto tune i had cindy lauper with a question mark because i thought i was going crazy um but i'm glad you you br brought that up 
and and put my mind at rest but this is that song on the whole album for me this is really i mean because because of it being an original it's just so awesome oh man she got a it's tough to do i i don't care who you are to write an original christmas song that sticks and is is in my opinion, you know, like it's going to go for a while. I can hear this on the radio. I can hear it on the radio 10, 20 years from now. Uh, I, I, I jam on this. I really do. This is this is the track of the album for me. Yeah, I hope this does get radio play for the rest of eternity because it's an awesome song. It yeah, really you, is, you had me worried it's, it's... you were going to say you didn't like it. <laughs> I know. I was just messing with you. <laughs> I was like, you bet if you don't like angels in the snow, I'll cry. <laughs> no, this that was great, man. I really enjoyed it. It's uh it's hard to do. I can't I can't stress enough how hard it is to write an original Christmas song. And this one doesn't fall into the trappings of any of like the cookie cutter stuff. No. She uses the angel in the snow as as the the childlike wonder of this song i i really dig it man really dig yeah it. awesome song but uh we've had a lot of upbeat songs so we're gonna slow it down a bit and um got another duet this time with michael buble possibly the king of christmas i think many would say these days because his christmas album is huge every year um but interestingly they didn't do a Christmas song. Instead, they did the Buble original Home. I was really shocked when I first saw this on the track list. I'm like, wait, they didn't do an actual... This isn't a Christmas song. That's his song. What are they doing? I mean, he's done Christmas duets before, too. So that's why I was just really shocked that they didn't. But fortunately, they did change the lyrics. Instead of another summer day, it's another Christmas day. Easy fix. They made it a wintry song. Now, Michael Buble is actually a huge Cher fan. I don't think the whole world knew this until like a year or so ago, but he loves her. He's even called her his favorite singer. So he's already been promoting this duet, saying it's a dream come true for him, and he's really happy to be doing it. These are two very different vocalists. Uh, his style's a lot softer, and I think do think that this song is a lot better when they kind of sing around each other instead of trying to harmonize because she just obliterates him volume-wise because it's just a different kind of singing. They're very different singers because you've got Cher and the 21st century jazz crooner. But he's good at it. He's done well with it. And um, I'm glad that we have this song at this point in the album. I think it is a really nice... Uh, understated piece i think it's a pretty song to listen to and we get the again here two good singers doing a song originally by one of them and i give them credit they didn't pick an overdone christmas song which i think really helps here because it things would have gotten too trite if we'd had something like if it were a white christmas duet or whatever because he's done it because he's done it a million times over and it would have been nothing it would have been a throwaway whether it was the best sung song if he just did another cut here this is smart smart because they took a buble song that wasn't a christmas song they did it together they stuck in a little bit of christmas smart because they rewrote 
pretty much other than the like pillars of this song, they really rewrote this whole composition musically. And it is phenomenal. Like it is so well done. It's rewritten for those two voices. Super smart. Um, I, and from my notes, Buble taking the backseat on his own song. Smart again. You know, you're here. You're a share fan. You get to do this with her. Why not sing around and take a little bit of backseat to it? The crescendo near the end of this composition with the strings around it for me, really does the job of hitting that classic Christmas cover song feel. It gets the Christmas in there. Unlike a lot of the other songs where we keep getting barraged with these uh, sleigh bells, which, you know, it's Christmas. This one doesn't go for those trappings, but still, in my opinion, hits where you need to be for a Christmas song. If this was an original, it would be neck and neck between this and angels for me um i really i really dig this i really think this is such a smart thing to put it adds validity for me as a listener and a fan of music period because you know it, it's this it's the trope of the christmas albums in my opinion where you you automatically go into me like all right let's see what we got here this one says we could have done that we could have done some crazy buble stuff that's been done a million times over uh and we didn't uh, super smart well done uh, awesome awesome we're getting to a really strong place in this album and i love it yes i i knew you would like this one because i know you like mr buble yeah man yeah man. <laughs> it's him it's him versus carrie connick jr in a fight to the death for me as far as <laughs> croon, crooning christmas I grew up on the Harry Connick Jr. Christmas album, so but, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. But they, I like to look at it as a passing of the torch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, King of Christmas, yeah, you man. can say, very easily. Because, yep. But um, we are not going to stay in crooning territory. We are instead going to get a little trap. Um, with our next song, Drop Top Sleigh Ride. Uh, this seems to be the most divisive song on the album, from what I'm seeing based on comments from fans. This is the song featuring the rapper Tyga, which this was definitely the most head scratches. Like, okay, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, of course she'd do a song with Tyga. Share at the same time, it's like, well, of course there's a rap song. This is the one produced by her boyfriend along with, uh, he produced it with Ryan OG and Mike Crook. I, um, I, didn't, I didn't know this was the one. I'm learning all this new boyfriend stuff and <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, her boyfriend's a hip-hop producer, so we've got a more of a, this, in this case, we go a little bit into the realm of trap music, which, um, I, I don't feel like that's as popular now as it was a few years ago, uh, trap music, but um, it's an odd song, but I like it. I think it's very catchy. It gets stuck in my head a lot. I, I just love that little ride, 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 ride. Like, I want to get on that sleigh ride. Yes, please. Um. Now, the Taiga verse is pretty unmemorable. It does nothing to add to the song for me. But other than that, it's not the best here. It's an oddball track, but I do enjoy it. 
I'm going to start off and say that share in this is 100%. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe that she is here to give us this awesome product. And even inside the lyrics and the hook, it's smart enough to be catchy. I'm going to I'll go I'm going to go hip hop for a second. This shit is whack as fuck. All right, here's the real deal. The the beat on this is so pedestrian, it's silly. It's not even trap. I mean, it's trap because it it follows the rules. It's so pedestrian. I, my 4-year-old could make this on 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 a play school beat maker. Like it's ridiculous. The beat is whack as fuck. Excuse my language. The verse is whack as fuck. His this verse on here the four, the first four rhymes are baby. Like get the, get out of here with that shit. Like you, oh man, I, I'm down with the whole you thing, and I, I know Cher has a, uh, you know, she does fun stuff like this all the time. For me, this is a, this is a hundred percent miss. Other than the fact that it's on her Christmas album, and she's got like the cool top down from Mexico to the North Pole line, I, I dig that as a hook, but. This shit is whack as fuck. I don't disagree with you about the beat, but this isn't the first time I've heard a poor production on a Cher album, and I guess I like hearing her singing it up that I'm willing to overlook that a bit. I don't know. My wife was bopping around to it. I, I you know, <laughs> I, I played it for her. She was like, oh man, I can get down to this. I don't know, man. Whew. I'm sorry. It just made me angry. Like, <laughs> and now I know it's her boyfriend. Like, you could have done a lot better than this, bud. Like, everybody just phoned it in except Cher. Like, get out of here. Well, that tiger verse is whack. I, I agree with that. I don't like the tiger verse, but if I, I had think to, we, I, yeah. Oh. I don't think we have to hold a gun to your head for you to say this is your least favorite song on the album. No, no. Easy decision for you. I don't think I've ever cursed that much in a small little period of time on this on this podcast. You're you're that, you're fired up. I had to go hip hop on it for a second, but no, hell no. Well, no. I'll uh, make it reindeer on you. That's what he said. He said that, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm not even going to go into it because they don't they don't give you the lyrics because it's too new. So I, I got to sit here and write them down, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, that I can believe was a last-minute rapper. If they had more time, I would hope they would have gotten somebody better. Then leave it off the album. You know what I'm saying? I, I love that she had a cool hook and all. Why, why was Tiger a feature on this? Just do a cool crop-top sleigh ride with a way better beat. Concentrate on that beat. Don't worry about a duet here. Don't worry about a whack-ass verse here. It has a little cool hook. Concentrate on the beat. Concentrate on the composition here. Fuck play, play school throwaway. God, I'm so mad at that track. <laughs> well, folks, uh, but uh, the well, the good or bad news, our foray into hip hop is over. The drop tops, the drop top sleigh ride is done. Um, some of you might have preferred it if she just sang regular sleigh ride, but that's not what we got here. But we are gonna go back to uh, more standard mode for our eighth song, which is. Please Come Home for Christmas, um, another rock and roll Christmas cover. It was originally by Charles Brown. He wrote it with Gene Redd. Um, 
The version of this song that I've heard the most often is definitely the Eagles one from 1978, and this version is very similar to that. This is the song I'm least surprised to hear on this album because Cher is a very well-known, um, among some of us at least, she's been very vocal about being a fan of the Eagles. She covered their songs pretty regularly during her live shows in the 80s, actually, so... No, I am not surprised to hear this here. And I'm in terms of that, I'm very, I, I like the song. It's a solid tune. I'm happy that it's here. I think she enjoys the song and enjoys singing songs like this. And I'm very glad it's here in terms of that. However, this isn't the only like kind of heartbreak I'm alone at Christmas song here on the album. And um, in terms of the covers here, it's just not as memorable. The song itself isn't as memorable as those ones we heard earlier in the album. This is not a song in and of itself on the level of Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, for instance. Or even, um, or Run Rudolph Run. It's just not. The song itself is yeah, I'm with you. It's a it's a good cover. In my opinion, it's a good cover of the Eagles cover. That's what it is. Yeah, and and it's tough to hit the Eagles on it, and she does. She does a great job on it. It's just a good cover of the Eagles version. Um, it's solid enough not to take you out of the album. You know, right before the the drop top, I said a strong part of the album. I forgot drop top sleigh ride was even on this um on purpose when i said that because there's still strength inside of this even though it's just a straight up cover of the eagles cover in my opinion i mean yeah don't mess with success yeah i i agree but it's just not as exciting as like a duet or a more daring original that's really all it is but still a good song definitely but um we, we have a more obscure Christmas track after this one. This one I actually, based on title, I thought, oh, this is probably an original tune, but it's actually not. Huh. Um, This is I Like Christmas. This was written by a Nashville exec named Brian Frasher. He wrote it with his wife and son, apparently. He said they just wrote it one Christmas morning as a family, which I think is a nice story. Um, it was first recorded in 2014 by a guy named Casey James. He was a contestant on the ninth season of American Idol, came in third place. But uh, it didn't get a lot of traction. Uh, so, like I said, this isn't a well-known song. Um, I can definitely tell by the writing of it that it's a homemade Christmas song. It does sound in that regards like a bit amateurish in comparison to the more polished tracks that we've been hearing up to this point. Like you can tell that the people who even the ones doing the originals, you can tell professionals were doing it. And this guy's an industry, but I can tell he wrote it with his family. And that's cute, but it is a bit odd on the album for me because of that. I will say... The more times I've heard it, I've come to like it a bit more. I don't think it's a song I see myself going back and listening to a lot, but if I'm going to play it all through, I don't feel like I must hit skip. 
So that's where I'm at with I Like Christmas. Yeah, I, I'm learning that right here because I, I have notes where I'm like, wow, Cher was really, <laughs> what I heard, she was embracing a youngness of Christmas. I pictured in my notes I have, I pictured her singing this to little kids. Uh, it was, it has that childish writing inside of it. And I really thought that was, on purpose originally from her um you know props to to the family that wrote it but maybe we'll just keep this to us yeah <laughs> um the the composition's cool on it i i like it because it dances that fine line between country and, and rock and roll we get that a couple times in this album but it's it hits here and it's soft enough in its composition to be a christmas song you know i really enjoy it there it's the, it, it it for me it was the kids christmas song on this album um and now i find out it was written by a family with kids so it makes sense it's definitely not a skip but it's uh again it's strong enough to not take you out of the album yes i do agree with that but after that we have our final original tune on the album this is christmas ain't christmas without you um so this one has four writers on it, um, and two of them are very familiar names to Cher fans. Mark Taylor, a.k.a. the producer of this album, and Paul Barry, who has written quite a few of Cher's dance tunes over the years. His name is all over the Believe in Living Proof albums. So um, these are two guys, I think it's safe to say I really enjoy the songs they write, because um, they wrote some of my very favorite Cher tunes. So favorite songs from my favorite singer. Yeah, I like these guys. Um, the folks they wrote it with, I've never heard of before. Alexis, Francis, and Patrick Maskell or Mescal. Um, this song is not quite as dancey as I was expecting. There is definitely some auto-tune on it. But it's more of a mid-tempo track. I will say it pains me a bit to say this because I really like the guys who wrote it. And I think they know Cher well. This is my least favorite, I think, of the original Christmas songs here. It just isn't quite as memorable as the others for me. But what I will say is, I think a part of the problem is this is not the first song on the album that we've had about missing somebody at Christmas. We already had Baby Please Come Home and Please Come Home for Christmas. This kind of treads similar lyrical water. And I think we're just getting redundant at that point. Um, but this is one I could see it growing on me. I will say that. I will say, why did these guys have such a hard on for this shitty auto-tune with such a beautiful voice? This auto-tune in the front of this is way worse than than the auto-tune they I used earlier in the album. That. It, it, it's just, it's almost garbled. And, and this song... I love it. I really do. I like the song. I hate that she isn't just clean killing this song, like quote unquote from my notes. It's exactly what I have there. Um, it, this song almost has like an ABBA feel to, to it for me. And yeah. I I dig that. Uh, by the end, when she starts clean killing it towards the end of this, I, this is like after like the 130 mark. For me, this is credits rolling on a new Hallmark movie. It works. It it, it makes its it makes itself readily available for for the Christmas market. Um, 
you can't tell me this is better. This is you like you can't tell me you like drop top better than you like this song. <laughs> I think drop top's just so unique. That's why <laughs> you know what I mean. I feel you. I mean, hey, hey, we 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 go over different ways to look at art. I'm not mad at you. I just wanted to to drive that one home. But yeah, the, Christmas ain't Christmas without you. It it finishes up correctly for me. I maybe it's me that has a hard on for hating auto tune so much. I just especially despise it when it's on such a beautiful voice. And I think that's that what that's what kills me the most, especially with it, the way it's handled on the on the front end of this album. Not not my favorite auto-tune, but this is this is a cool song. I dig it. Yeah, I did read somewhere there were already like talks of putting some of these songs in Hallmark movies, which is the smart thing to do for any new Christmas album. So I wasn't going to say it earlier, but I thought maybe that was the reason that Cindy Lauper, Cindy Lauper wasn't billed on Angels in the Snow for like a rights thing. Not that Cher would have any problem yeah. paying her or anything like that, but I think that might have been might have been a studio call too. But I had that thought of like, oh yeah, she can sell this. You might not want to put anybody else's name on it. Well, um, it, you know. The, the thing is, I think that song deserves a lot better than the Hallmark movie. I agree with you there, but <laughs> I'm saying it's it's a hit. But I, I, I think a, a lot mean, of these but... will a lot of these will Hallmark in the next five years. Mark Hallmark my words. Oh, I, <laughs> I believe that completely. Um well, maybe not as much the next song. Maybe not, but <laughs> then again, we have a lot of versions to choose from of None other than Santa Baby. Um, this song was written 70 years ago by Joan Javits and Philip Springer, originally by Arfa Kitt. I this is definitely the most, in my opinion, of the songs that were covers. This is the most overdone of them all. There are a lot of versions of this song. And it's the one that the divas go for. Like many of the like Madonna's done it, Kylie Minogue's done it, Gwen Stefani's done it, even Taylor Swift has done it. Oh, really? I like yeah, that. or very early on. Okay. Yes. So this is not a this is not a new song at all, and I um this song itself it lives and dies based on who's singing it. It's all in the vocal and whether or not you can sell that flirtatious vibe, to put it mildly, that the song is giving. The good news is Cher is more than up to the task. I think she is having a great time singing this song, which I love to hear. She's just playing with us all, and I love it. And it does. she does manage to make it a sexy song. And so... That's what it's, I guess, supposed to be. But at the same time, like, she knows it's Santa Baby, but she's just having a good old time with it. We even get a giggle from her. Love the vocals here. They're clean and fun. And uh, I wasn't willing to make a declaration about um, baby, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home, but I will say I think this is the best version of Santa Baby. Ooh. I like that hot tea take. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with your PR. Uh, your PR response. I think it's a little bit too early to tell. 
if <laughs> this is my favorite one, but it's there. It captures the original's vibe and quality and sexiness without having to exactly mimic it and that's why i do love it this is this is a highly heralded song in my christmas repertoire oh. uh i i enjoy i love santa baby so i saw this on there and i was like all right chair what do you got i gotta say i love that she is over exaggerating this these sexy noises um she goes <laughs> she goes almost as far as doing the the classic porn like oh you know like she really gives us some grunts and some ums in there that i i enjoyed i thought it was cool i thought she was just like you said really having fun on this one and it shows it's this is one of those ones that if you don't cover it you said it so great it it really comes down to who's singing it and if they can hold their own and if you don't this falls flat on its face there's no question about that and this one does not this one's up and running in heels. <laughs> yes, most definitely, most definitely. But now we're at our almost at the end here. Track 12, the second to last song, and it's our official duet with Cindy Lauper. She's credited on this one, and the song is Put a Little Holiday in Your Heart. Um, This song was written by Greg, Roger, and Scott Wojohn. And it was recorded by Leanne Rhymes and released as a single in 1997. Um, but uh, it, so I, I haven't heard the original. I'm guessing it's pretty country-ish based on that being Leanne Rhymes. Um, I've got to say now, I think this song should have stayed in the 90s. Uh, this one is, uh, in my opinion, this is like the musical equivalent of a basic greeting card with these lyrical platitudes, like, and the, it, they bought, they talk about, like, they, like, literally sing something about, like, a homeless man, and it's, put a little holiday in your, I feel like that's just basically telling somebody who's sad, smile, it'll be okay, I am not about that, I do not like that, that is invalidating and not real, um, I like these singers, I like hearing them together, I do not like the song. This is definitely my least favorite track on the album. Um, I could definitely hear it in a Hallmark movie. That's where it belongs, if anywhere. But yeah, I think it should have stayed in the 90s. It's just way too cheesy for me. It's not my favorite on the album, but I have to give it points in different places i like the little country jamboree composition here i dig that for me i give it points because i didn't expect that when i saw that this was i wasn't privy to the song being a country cover regardless so when i saw her and cindy i wasn't expecting a little country jamboree jam here um Lopper sounds great on this. They both sound great. It's neat to have their voices together. I love them on the same track. I, that's a really cool way of saying, you know, what you wanted to say about this is it's like a basic greeting card. It is pretty cookie cutter almost. In my notes, I have like, I feel uh, in the notes, it has feel we are the world so it, i felt a little we all are the world vibe here where it was just 
swaying back and forth in this country jamboree going back and forth from voices well um yeah Cindy was on that song too I know I know (laughs) maybe that's what took me back it is uh being the penultimate especially with Cindy Lauper on it I was really looking for something that was gonna blow me away and it didn't blow me away it's not terrible but it's not my favorite on the on the well, album. Especially since we have an actual much better song with Cindy Lauper at track number five. I heard that. The I'm, true I'm banger you. here, folks. Um, but now we are at the end of the album. Track number 13. The song is called This Will Be Our Year. I was assuming this would be an original, but it wasn't because it was a song I'd never heard of before. But actually, this song is from 1968. It's by the band The Zombies, and it is on their album Odyssey and Oracle, which also features the classic time of the season. Great song right there. And so basically, Cher kind of gave us a bit of, not necessarily in the sound, but just in the choice of the cover, she gave us a bit of psychedelic rock on her Christmas album. And I think that's awesome that we, I like that this was a good out of left field cover choice. Nobody was thinking this will be on a Christmas album. So I like that we did that and adapted it a bit. And uh, I think it's good when we end on the kind of New Year's vibe of it all. Um, Now, as for the song itself, I think it's a nice, subtle way to end the album. It's pretty understated, but I think it's a really beautiful vocal from Cher. And I like that we, kind of like Dancing Queen and how that ended with the stripped down One of Us, I like that we again really ended with that really stripped back vocal showcase. And uh, I... Do you think this is a good song? I like the song. I think it's well written. It's a solid tune, and uh, I'll definitely take this over any cheesy Nashville crap. That's for sure, like the previous song was. So, good way to end the album for me. I'm going back to that word, smart. This was a smart way to end the album. You're going to take a zombie song, you're going to do it. You're going to belt it. You know, the chord change at 107 where she really lets it go. I love it. I think it's a smart move because, in my opinion, it seems like yours. I love to hear a New Year's song to end the album. It makes sense. It's a perfect way to end it without even telling the listener it's done. Uh, we, we've already made it to to the New Year's song uh i really i really think this was such a smart way to end this album period it it just is you don't expect it you get your strip back i'm at, i'm starting the album on a an auto tune and and cringing and then i'm sitting at the end of this album and soaking up every last bit of pure raw share and i think that was the smartest thing they could have done it adds again, in my opinion, it adds another layer of validity to that trope that at least I fall into where you get these Christmas albums out of nowhere and you think it might just be for shits and giggles. This was definitely not, especially not ending with this track. No, most definitely not. Um, Cher has, she even said like she's really proud of the album and she even said it was her best ever Um. I think it's very hard to rank holiday albums um, in 
like comparison to somebody's discography, especially if they've only done one holiday album. I think that's really difficult to do. She said this is a blah blah. She said this was her best album ever. Yeah, something like that. She did. Yeah. Wow. Um, but then again, she said the same thing about closer to the truth ten years ago. Heard. Heard. So, and I just think it's very obviously it's too soon to tell. I don't see it becoming my favorite of them all. But again, it's hard to compare it to the others. I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it just it just is. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy that we have it. I'm really enjoyed talking about Cher again. It's been a while. Uh, I miss doing it, and um, this was the perfect opportunity to do it. I'm so glad we got to. Yeah, man, an unexpected gift, an unexpected early gift. Yes, most definitely. Um. Now, uh, I am going to, because this is the Turn Back Time podcast, what I usually do with those episodes is I have a top five list of my favorite songs. Oh, shit. I wasn't expecting. All right. I yeah. got you. We, we go. haven't been doing that in Turntables in T-Land, but we do it here. And because it's the new Sherem, I do have a top five. So my number one is obviously Angels in the Snow, in case you couldn't already tell. Um, my second favorite I would have to go with DJ Play a Christmas Song. Um, after that, I really like what Christmas means to me. This Will Be Our Year is definitely a top five. And to round out my top five, I would have to go with Christmas Baby, Please Come Home. But Run Rudolph runs honorable mention for sure. But what I think I know your answer the favorite, but what's your favorite? I'm doing. I'm doing this one on the fly. I'm number one, guaranteed, easy one. Angels in the snow. Number two is home for me. Number three, number one. Yeah, number three is gonna be Run Run Rudolph. I really like her vocal in there. I think she really handled that very well. Um, number four is gonna be, oof, man. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, number four is going to be DJ Play a Christmas Song. And number five is going to be Santa Baby. Oh, I think she, yeah, I think she did I that should've... one well, too. Oh, man. See, I did that so off the cuff, but it's it's just too soon to tell for me. I feel like I just need some more time to have a more definitive idea of what my favorites are. That, it's it's too soon. It's too soon. It that's is. The, but... That's the theme of this podcast. Yeah, but... <laughs> We we had to do it, um, and uh, I I definitely see this being in the Christmas rotation year round from now on for me most definitely. I I gotta think that our local radio station that plays nothing but Christmas from Thanksgiving on is gonna have a field day. I would like to think they're gonna have a field day with this album. There's so I much. I really new hope stuff. they do. Yeah, I hope so too. I will be letting them know if they don't have a field day about it. I will say, listen, you need to add this to your playlist. For real, for real. You want to get a break from the same old, same old. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. These she's she's breathed some life into the playlist of Christmas, and that's that's a hard thing to do. Yes. So, uh, being the Christmas music lover that you are, I want to know your grade for the album. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Christmas. Um, from front, super early listening. I was not about it, but as I go through this, 
I go back to her quote, and we really get to spend Christmas with Cher. You can tell that, you can just tell by the way they're done that almost all these covers are near and dear to her heart. And she really lets us know by just taking it to the next level, giving her spin on these and, and really getting them done well with the mist throw drop top out of there. Okay. Um, we're all, we're all allowed a mulligan, but you take that out. This album really doesn't stop you and take you out of the album. As far as listening goes in a Christmas vibe, even with the originals. And I know I've said it already enough, but that is very tough to do. Um, we're, we're not getting cookie cutter. We might have got cookie cutter song names while we're going down the track list, but we're not getting cookie cutter covers here. We're getting loyal covers that are elevated and I love it for that. I'm giving this a B plus. I am also going to give it a B plus. That's my very early grade. Um, I really, I do think it's Christmas and it's share. I think this album has a song for everybody on it. I think there's something for every kind of listener, whether if you like country, there's a song for you. If you like rock, there's a song for you. If you like dance, there's a song for you. I do really enjoy the variety. And um, I just, I truly do think these are the best, like, possible share Christmas songs for the best, except for Oh Holy Night should be on there. Should have been the hidden track. But it definitely should have. You and it would to, have been beautiful to, too, I think. But you need to call her up and be like, all right, re-release. Yep. Let's go. Next year's deluxe edition, additional songs. <laughs> oh holy night. Please. <laughs> or just on the next album that she's working on, just put Oh Holy Night yeah. as the <laughs> track. Oh holy night with a hip hop beat by her boyfriend. Maybe. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! He's not. <laughs> I'm he's joking. Not, he's not allowed on the albums anymore. He's cool oh. with me, you know. Do you think? I, I think he. I think that's. Love. I think they're past that point, possibly already. Yeah. But well, um. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to making the album, I've heard there've been other songs already. Oof. Well. 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 We'll see what happens. Um. I mean, I don't know what. Uh, I mean, yeah, in terms of this Turn Back Time podcast, we'll definitely be back when something new comes out. Uh, and I hope that's sooner rather than later. Um, I do hope to come back to share land at some point, though. Uh, I mean, definitely, I'll be paying attention to see if there's anything I can do, certainly, to keep you all in the loop with Share World, because I love Share World. It's a great place to be. It's good. It's always good to hear you talk about share. There's yes. uh, for people that haven't heard the Turn Back Time podcast and what Charlie did over. Well, you there, are now listening to it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, for for the listeners that are, are just over here, turntables and tea. Um, there's 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 a a fire in inside of him, and there's also small things, small intricacies that he he drops on us. A lot of the time without us even knowing as as he goes through talking about share. I, I never get never gets old talking share with you. So thank you for that one. Yes, I'm very happy to have done this. But uh if you're lit if you're a share listener, we would really love it if you would subscribe and rate turntables and tea and listen to us. Uh, we certainly hope we have another album that we've discussed up to this point that you'd enjoy hearing us talk about. So please do that for us and uh, follow 
either podcast on Instagram. We're both there at Turnback Time Podcast and at Turntables and Tea Podcast with all the info you need on new episodes and what is related to them. And uh, with that being said, it's now time to announce the next episode of Turntables and Tea. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, October uh, 2023 is a very good new music month for me, because not only did we get a new Cher album, we are getting um, another re-recording from Taylor Swift, this one being the album that made me a fan in the first place, 1989. With five new vault tracks, we're doing it all. It'll probably be our longest episode ever. I can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be bomb. We might even publicly talk about my... Damn it, hold on. I had this joke. We might even publicly talk about my newfound and unexpected jealousy for Travis Kelsey and Taylor's newfound relationship as well because I don't know why. It lives rent-free in my head and Travis, me and you aren't cool anymore. So we'll talk probably more about that next week as well. Damn it, Travis. <laughs> I mean, you, you might need the... I might be coming after her and need her to be mine after... um. 1989 Taylor's version. There you oh. go. And uh, for the Cher fans out there, one of the vault tracks on this album is co-written by Diane Warren, oh. who, yeah, wrote several songs for Cher. I'm very curious what that could be. Uh, I don't know if it's an original song or if there's a sample or interpolation, but um, let's see what happens. I'll definitely let you know if it's somehow Cher-related. I'm really hoping it's like a sample of if i could turn back time in say don't go i'm really hoping for it if it is i swear to god that'd be that'd be insane that'd be insane i'm, <laughs> I'm hoping that is the diet if there was a diane warren classic sample i'm really hoping it's that one we need to have a reaction video of your first listen if that is the case <laughs> of say don't go i'm there <laughs> oh i'm yeah but uh Maybe I'm just getting my head in the clouds. We don't know what it is, but we'll know soon, and you'll we'll be here to talk all about it. So until then, you don't have to be in your wildest dreams to listen to us talk 1989. We will see you here next week, and I cannot wait for it. Take care, everybody. Peace!